You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Yes, the Texans finally won a game, but do you feel any better about this team? I don't know. We're about to break this thing down in the post-game show. Welcome aboard, everybody. Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk Podcast, along with my co-host Brian Patterson from Fansided's House of Houston.com. Also along with us, my Houston Sports Talk Podcast co-host, R.G. Seal. Thanks for diving in to your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. 37-34 was the final in overtime. Kaimi Fairbairn hits a 37-yard field goal to make the Texans one and three on the season. And boys, I tell you what, they were one and three thanks to one coach saying, hey, I'm not going to try to win this game. I'm going to try to tie, even though we're 0-3 and our season's imploding. And the other coach says, Frank Reich I'm talking about, says, hey, no, hold my beer. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I couldn't even believe it when I saw it myself. I mean, you know, it, you know, you would just want to think that on a fourth and four, you would try to want to make as big of a strike as you you, you possibly can. It turns out to be just a short pass that, that turns out to be incomplete. It was a great gift because, you know, we get the ball back in that position. 24-yard catch by DeAndre Hopkins and a 37-yard field goal by uh, Fairbairn. I mean, I I could not believe it. But there's a lot of aspects of this game I could not believe as far as us giving up a 28-10 lead uh, in the second half. We're going to talk about it, but those are my initial thoughts uh, right now at this time. But first win since November 19th, 2017. It does feel sweet nonetheless. (laughs) Hey, a win. And you know what? On the other sideline, you just mentioned that Frank Reich. For everybody who's listening and watched the uh, Oilers lose to Buffalo all those years ago and then a 28-10 lead and all of a sudden you go to overtime and Frank Reich's over there. This time he he makes the major mistake and the blunder. So for, yeah, for all those, doesn't it doesn't uh, really, uh, you know, pay for lo- losing in uh, the playoffs, of course, and not going to a Super Bowl. But hey, we'll take a little a small payback a few years later, right? I, I assume that. But this was also dumb and dumber to me and with the coaching staffs here. But, uh, hey, Bill O'Brien uh, gets the Texans with a win here. Uh, Texans are one and three. But really, uh, you know, there, there are some things that we'll discuss here. But my initial thoughts are, yeah, exactly echoing what Brian, Brian said. I, I just couldn't believe that call by Frank Reich. I mean, that was a, a completely stupid call. And so Texans get a win because of it. They're able to, you know, connect with uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Deshaun Watkins, Deshaun Watson. And so, <laughs> yeah, uh, right now, I mean, the Texans one and three, instead of being oh, oh, and, and three and one heading into the Dallas Cowboys next week, have to be feeling good. I don't know if they have to be feeling good about this game because honestly, this should have been at worst. It was a tie. And then, you know, they just play it into a loss. And Brian said the play call, the yeah, if you're talking about throwing short, who cares about that? He, going for it on fourth down there when you're basically guaranteed a tie where you give the other team a W. And the other thing that, I mean, what did you think, Brian, on fourth down, just deciding we're going to kick a field goal because you're giving the ball back to Andrew Luck, who's walked up and down the field for the second half and the and, and through the overtime, everything. And, and you give them a chance to walk up the field again and win the game. But best case scenario, you're walking away with the tie. And if you get 
uh, four games into the season, 0-3 and 1. I mean, we th- we thought there was no chance of them getting to the playoffs at, you know, 0 and 3, but you know, at least maybe if you win the game, you got a chance, but not not if you get a tie. I mean, that doesn't help you at all. Yeah, ties suck. I mean, cuz really, you know, they they have no meaning. I mean, it's either a win or a loss. Just give me uh one or the other. Um, I, the best I could say about that situation is, is that uh, Bill O'Brien still wanted to keep things competitive in the game. I guess the trust just wasn't there. Um, he felt that the defense would have been able to get enough stops uh, to be able to. Really? Really? You think the defense is going to give you some stops? I mean, let's go. Well, <laughs> let's go through the defense in the second half before we go. Oh, the defense has got you covered uh, in the second half. Th- these are the drives by the Colts. Uh, five plays, 75 yard touchdown drive luck to Hines. Uh, there, there was a forced punt in there somewhere, but the rest of the time, 13 play 73 yard drive luck to Ebron touchdown pass nine play 85 yard drive luck to Heinz nine yard touchdown pass. And then in overtime, 13 play 50 yard drive sets up that Vinatieri field goal. I mean, where's the confidence that they're going to win to get that they're going to stop them and, and get the ball. I mean, you're not going to get the ball back, but let, let me jump in there because that kind of gets back to my original comment when I was talking about dumb and dumber, because to me, when the Texans got down there, they got the first down the, the you were talking about there at the, uh, what the 11 yard line, basically where they could, you know, still get a fir- first down at the, the one yard line and, and uh, you know, right. Their first play call out of there is a run which we know up the middle, which hasn't worked all day long. So, I mean, basically you waste a play right there while Deshaun Watson's on a hot streak. Then you have second down called. It's a screen, which my guy, I mean, the Indianapolis front line and and linebackers, they were just sitting on that one. I mean, it was, uh, I mean, so immediately you're in third and long, which happened a lot during the day. Remember the Texans got a couple of gifts we talk about the offense and what, uh, again, Deshaun Watson was able to do during the day, but they got one gift TD that was just basically a missed snap call because the punter, the Texans punter had punted it down to, uh, you know, inside the, the five-yard line, really close to the, the goal line there. So they get a touchdown on that when Jadavion Clowney recovers it in the end zone. Then they also have that turnover, uh, the strip sack by J.J. Watt, and, you know, they're able to get a TD after that. So they had a couple of TDs off of turnovers, but still that play calling down there at the end of the game. So you set up a third and long. So, I mean, it really – it sh- I mean, it continually all day long, it seems like it was – and Deshaun Watson was great on third down. Now, you know, I, I mean, I guess you could debate that as far as on the fourth down call right there. But it, to me, it was more the play calling that led up to a third and long yet again when it, you could have had a couple of plays right there where it sets up to, you know, you're not having to make a, OK, it's a third and uh, 10 here. I mean, excuse me, a fourth and 10. I mean, if it's a fourth and four, fourth and three, you just have so many more options. And so to me, it was kind of the play calling that led up to that. And so, I mean, I can see them going for the field goal to get a tie. I know you're saying, hey, what that, but this is a division game. You don't want to go down 0-2 in your division. You don't have two losses in your division. So a tie, yes, like kissing your sister, but it's still better than having a loss. You still set it up, you know, to where you you only have three losses and, and you still position yourself in the division. But, hey, they get kind of miraculously uh, turned around there. They get a win. And, and, hey, the old Al Davis just win, baby, just win. Texans get a win. This is a bit real confidence booster. I mean, I know you mentioned all the problems that were had, but you get out of this building, a place that's been a house of horrors for you in Indianapolis, and you saw Deshaun Watson really making some some great things happen. The problem is, as we've discussed all season long, it's the coaching staff because Deshaun Watson had a great game. I mean, I know he had that one pick. 
But again, I think going into next week, you feel more confident with Deshaun Watson having his best game of the season that you can go and score and beat the Cowboys at home. And also your front line with with, uh, J.J. Watt and uh, Jadavian Clowney coming alive. Uh, The secondary was bad. But again, having those two guys playing really well, those are some real positives to build on with a huge game coming up next Sunday night. Yeah, I want to debate a little bit about Watt and Clowney. I mean, yeah, that 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 is true to a degree, but I mean, we could talk about where they were, you know, where were they in the second half? I just, I don't know about but that. They were gas. They were on the field. You just mentioned that, that all those different play with uh, Andrew Luck and all of that. And I mean, don't, don't you think that a little bit, they were tired of it by the end of the game? Well, why, I mean, why were they gas? Cause they couldn't get off the field the whole second half. That's their own fault. Exactly. I mean, that was in that, but I'm saying they had really good games overall. They're, it's positive to see what they were able to do. And they were being double teamed too. Don't forget about that either. So, I mean, there, there are just some positives I see defensively, at least from them who were the big, and, and we had been complaining about the pass rush early in the season. So anyway, I just want to chime in on that because I mean, it's still going to get down to coaching and at least coming up with uh, Jason Garrett. There's another coach who's uh, had some dubious calls in his career and, and maybe on the hot seat this year. So uh, I mean, it still can get interesting here over the next few weeks. Yeah, I want to talk about Watson, too, and let's get into that in a little bit. But first, just want to tell the listeners, we got our two news shows on the Lockdown Network, the Lockdown Fantasy Football shows, Lockdown Fantasy Football 24-7. We've also got Lockdown Fantasy Football, uh, just plain old Lockdown Fantasy Football. It's called, loaded with uh, great guests Monday, Tom Kessenich, Tuesdays, Erica at home, Wednesdays, Jeff Ratliff and Tyler Lechner. Check out our two new Lockdown Fantasy Football shows. Don't forget, also, Lockdown Aggies, brand new show for you Texas A&M fans, our buddy Taylor Travis does a nice job with that. Go put that into your queue as far as podcasts to listen to on a daily basis. And if you think you can make some money off the Texans down the road, you're seeing something you like, you don't like, you'd like to put a a few bucks on the games in the next few weeks, go to mybookie.ag. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. They've been in the business for years. They've got great reviews. Their mobile site is easy to use, and I would only recommend a service that's been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. In-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business, all there, my bookie. And it's slammed with new bettors and wants to give everyone the best service available. If you're willing to deposit after 6 p.m. Central Time, they'll give you an additional $25 Free play on deposits over $100. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. If you wait till 6 p.m., you can get an extra $25 free play by using the promo code LOCKEDON25. Just remember, an extra $25 for Locked On 25, go ahead, wait till after dinner, take the extra money, my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, RG was mentioning Deshaun Watson's play. Let's look at the numbers. 29 throws or 29 completions on 42 throws, 375 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Brian I want to get your thoughts on uh, Deshaun Watson. He had a couple of missed opportunities in the first half. There was three possessions where they got killed uh, on just mistakes that Watson made 
and mistakes by the offensive line on a third possession, but he overthrows a wide open Kiki QT and we, we need to get into him at some point, but that was on a third and two. That was Deshaun's fault on the third possession on the fourth possession. Watson misses a wide open Ryan Griffin. He threw threw into double coverage versus Will Fuller. I don't know if you remember that one, Brian. And also, uh, you got that third straight on the third possession after that one. Uh, you got Davenport and Lamb who both whiffed on a on a third and long when the with the Texans in field goal range. That cost him a field goal. Uh, we get into the offensive line later, but what did you think of Deshaun, especially uh, in the first half? He had some good moments, but he had some bad ones too. He did, but overall, I think it was a solid game by him, and uh, it's the best that we've seen all this season. Uh, wanted to talk about his first pick of the game uh, that he threw, and he, you know, he was trying to get it to Watson. The window was tight. He had double coverage, and you know, I want to give him a mulligan on that because the receivers were covered well. But he should have went out there and he should have ran and should have made something of it rather than trying to do something like that. Uh, but as far as you know, the way he has been playing. I think that if you put him on too much of a leash, he's going to be restricted. You got to let him go out there and does what he has led him up to his success. Yeah, yeah. No, I I don't want to put him on a leash. I just think that, I mean, he's still got to correct some of these. um, You know, it's not just that he's missing guys that are open, but he's also, you know, making some, some poor throws as well. And, you know, the thing that I saw in the interception was that wasn't a one where it was like, oh, he needed to run. It was a quick, he made a quick decision. He was going to DeAndre Hopkins that whole time. He didn't look anywhere else. He didn't look the man off. So the linebacker was just kind of sitting there, which made him thread the needle. The linebacker was got the, had the underneath coverage. If he would have waited a second or if he'd have looked one direction and then gone back there, he might have had a better chance. Also, what was could have been opening up the middle was QT who had been open a lot that game. So, I mean, the, the interception, it, it's a little bit on Watson too. I mean, he, he made a, he, he made that a little bit harder of a throw than it needed to be. Well, look here though. I, I disagree with you on that. I, I just think that Deshaun Watson had a really good game. Yes. He had that inter, interception, but look, this is only how many games did he play last year? What was it? Seven games that he was in before he had the uh, ACL injury and he was lost Six for the season. Full games. Six full full games, games. right. Uh So, and then you have four games. He hasn't even played a full NFL season yet. This guy was phenomenal down the stretch. Uh, Look what he was able to do. He's just a winner. He's able to, to come out and do things that we haven't seen Houston Texans quarterbacks do. This guy's a franchise quarterback. I saw a lot out of him today that was really positive. And I just can't go along with you saying, oh, well, uh, well, let's look at his mistakes and let's look at the things that he didn't do well today. Because by and large, he was very positive. That's why we won the game is because, again, of Deshaun Watson making accurate throws, being able to, to, to move out of the pocket, being able to run when he needs to, and being able to get the key first down. I mean, the Texans on third down, uh, you know, they were able, their third down, conversions were eight of 16. So that was 50% and one and one on fourth downs. I mean, you know, that's Deshaun Watson being able to make, and a lot of times, as I mentioned earlier, when you have Bill O'Brien running the ball up the middle and he only gets a, a, you know, a yard, not that much, you really have no running game. It's all on his shoulders. The guy did a tremendous job today. And to me, again, it gets back more about the play calling, the coaching staff, but I think Deshaun Watson, he's making the progressions. He's getting better. This is what you want to see in a, with him having, having uh, the stats that he did today. Uh, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, 29, 42, 375 yards. 
Uh, yeah, this is what you want to be able to see going in fourth game of the season. We know he was resting the first game coming off limited preseason, but this is a guy who still hasn't played a full year in the NFL. And he's and by leaps and bounds. I mean, he's the best Texans quarterback that we've seen. I think in the second half, uh, it, this really shows how much he is because he played really tentative, you know, starting out in the season. This wasn't the same Deshaun Watson that we saw, uh, you know, when he played those sides, uh, that seven game stretch. He, technically, it was six and a half when he got benched, when Tom Savage got benched. But anyway, talking about the quarterback sweep, you know, Bill O'Brien's getting cute with the play call and then uh, he runs it in for five yards with a touchdown. Deshaun seemed to be scared to do something like that. I don't know if the the rust is knocked off or Bill O'Brien just said, go out there and do what you do and try to help us win football games. But that was encouraging as well. And you also want to give Lamar Miller and Martinez Rankin credit. We haven't given a lot of credit on this show, but uh, I, I think that that was a, a beautiful play that was executed by Watson running it in for the touchdown. I don't think the Colts knew what hit him at that point. Yeah, Rankin Rankin just kind of stood there. I don't know about if he did anything. He kind of just like, I don't know what what he did, but I, I want to talk about the O-line in a bit too. But uh, you mentioned um, O'Brien, and, and that's I think that was the difference, RG. The, the play calling was a little bit more creative in this game than we've seen. I mean, there yeah. was a lot more misdirections. Uh, that was the stuff that we were seeing last year. There were some play actions too, and yeah, I mean, he was – yeah. And, and the other thing that he was doing was that, uh, you know, the thing that we haven't seen is him letting Deshaun run with the football. I mean, I, I don't think it's been where OB said don't run. He's run when the pressure's been there. It's been he he, he just hasn't had uh, actual runs where it's uh, OB calling a running play. And, and that's what we saw that that was different. Well, from- I, I guess I just I get frustrated by those calls to run the ball up the middle with your Lamar Miller and Alfred Blues when you're it's just obviously not working. And then you mm-hmm. kind of put the, 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 the team in a position where it's third and long, you know, on first and second down there. So it's just like that's that's what I didn't like to see. And I mean, Deshaun Watson did great converting on a lot of those third downs. But uh you know, I mean, I mean, I, and, and you have to know that the Indianapolis Colts, they have, you know, their front sevens much improved. It's it's really pretty strong, uh, you know. So I, I, you know, I can when, when you see something's not working. Yes, you need to get more creative with the p- play calling. So to your point, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, did a better job of it today. But I was still frustrated by calls late in the game in critical situations, which is a, a big part of the head coach's job. And I was perplexed by them. That's that's all I'm saying there. And and then, you know, just getting back to Deshaun Watson. I mean, his offensive line. Look how many times he was sacked today. Uh, it, this is a continual problem. The Texans do not have a very good offensive line. They had to bench Julian Davenport, then put him back in the game when Kendall Lamb was injured late. And, uh, you know, you just uh, continually see, I mean, he's under pressure, you know, throughout a lot of the game. So, yeah, he's going to have to rely on his wheels. But coming back from an ACL injury last year, you were hoping that he could get more protection and that you could keep him safe because he's the most critical guy on this team. I mean, looking at Deshaun Watson again, I was just so impressed by him. He just has that inner clutch you know, ability. He finds a, a way to, to go out there and do things. And that's why I felt he was really kind of handcuffed, constrained, getting down at the uh, on the first OT possession, getting down there where he's on a roll. And then the a couple of play calls there and it's third and long. And, and all of a sudden you're punting. I mean, excuse me, kicking a field goal for the tie and probably what you're thinking is a tie game until Frank Reich makes a boneheaded call to end the game. 
the thing about with with the pressure on Deshaun Watson, I was surprised that the score stayed at 28 uh, for the longest because the Colts, to me, seemed like they backed off the pressure in the second half, which would have given us more opportunities, given him more opportunities to push us downfield and to get more points on the board. But again, it was just a situation where the Colts are playing catch up and the and the defense was tiring themselves out, you know, while Andrew Luck was marching those guys down the field. So um, I, I don't understand that, you know, we, we, despite, you know, them holding off on the pressure on Deshaun Watson, not as much as in the first half. And we still weren't able to put up much in the terms of points, except when we we're in overtime where we had to do it to win the game. That's kind of puzzling to me. That's what I noticed as well. I don't know if the pressure was all that bad this game. I mean, Kendall Lamb, to me, he gets the start over Davenport. I thought he did a fantastic job. Except he allowed for- a sack. He allowed a sack, and it was a bad one, too, on the right side. Yeah, it was a bad one, but, you know, it's it's a play where they're setting up to go after Deshaun because it's a long situation. It's a long yardage situation right there. But, I mean, if you look at it, Martinez Rankin, uh, except for that particular play, also kept it pretty clean. You know, if you look at the sack totals, a couple of those were early in the game where Deshaun was just holding onto the ball for too long. He was just holding, holding, holding. Deshaun tends to do mm-hmm. that. You know, that's what you're going to get with Deshaun. He's oh, going to yeah. give you the big play, and he's also going to hold onto the ball too long. And I think you have to differentiate. you got to really differentiate as a fan and as a football fanatic, like where are these sacks that are coming that are Deshaun's fault and where is it the offensive line's fault and I thought this particular game the offensive line did a pretty good job Kelamete was back out there you know he'd been hurt last week he was playing again he was starting again uh he got hurt nicked up late in the game but for the most part I mean I thought the offensive line I don't know about you but I thought the offensive line did a pretty darn good job for most of this game I think they were okay um, I will upgrade it to okay, but I, I don't think that they were were, were great uh, out there. But you know, individual performances, Zach Fulton still turned in a good game. Um, I wasn't necessarily. I got to look back. I wasn't necessarily paying attention to Nick Martin. He probably was solid out there uh, as well. Martinez Rankin, he did see some improvement this game, not by much, but I think they were okay. I, I think they were decent. We got to talk about Kiki QT because he was back out there for the first time, was out there for the first time since uh, being hurt, you know, way, way back. First time we'd seen him since really, you got to almost go back to OTA minicamp time. And QT was targeted a ton, 15 targets, 11 catches, 109 yards. And then Will Fuller uh, goes down with a hamstring injury because that's what the Texans do. They get hamstring injuries to their wide receivers. And so Fuller goes down after four catches and 48 yards for him. DeAndre Hopkins, 10 catches, 169 yards, just ho-hum DeAndre game. But, I mean, QT was a difference maker out there. And, Brian, we've been talking about it. I mean, he's a guy that can really help out Deshaun. And you can tell he likes to throw QT the football. He likes him as a target. He looks like a vet out there. You know, kind of remind me of Deshaun Watson in his debut, his forced debut. You know, this was kind of forced upon him, too, with Bruce Ellington uh, going out. But, you know, it proved to be fruitful for the Houston Texans. I mean, he just looked uh, poised, unfazed about the situation of him and his role. And they went to him a lot. And we were able to get a lot of uh, yardage out of him. Um, he ended up with in the triples. I think it was, what, 108 total. You may have 
have the numbers right in front of you. But we need another weapon because DeAndre Hopkins, you know, he's getting double, triple covered. Uh, you know, Will Fuller, we don't know if he's going to be healthy, you know, especially with him going out of the game with the hamstring injury. Another, yet another hamstring injury we have to talk about here. But, uh, you know, what what just a positive story about Kiki. And I, I just think that um, he – it goes to show that Brian Gain, you know, with with the picks that he's made so far, he's hit on them. We don't know how Kalambayi is going to do. We don't know what Jermaine Kelly's going to do. But at least those picks that precede those guys, I think they're going to be just fine here with the Texans. I think Gain had a pretty good draft this year. I know it's early, but yeah, yeah. I mean, me and you have said it. And Rankin is somebody that the book is still out on on Martinez Rankin, and a lot of us think that he's out of position at left tackle. But he did play. Yeah. I think he. Pl- you know, I didn't see him get whipped much. He got whipped one no. time, and he had the one early penalty. But luckily, I, I didn't. I don't recall any other penalties that were against Rankin. So overall, when you look at the offensive line, I just think it's hard to point a lot of fingers at them. I think overall, you know, they did a pretty good job. And and yeah, QT, it's it's huge. It's huge having a real slot receiver. This is the first time in the Texans' history. I think they've got it together at the slot receiver position as long as QT can stay on the field he's going to be super dangerous and again I want to go back to to Bill O'Brien I mean now he's got another you know he's got another guy he's got another weapon to use let's see what he does and he did stuff he was doing stuff there that was a big part of the misdirections you know he's running reverses and end arounds and stuff like that with QT early in the game and if you got him and Will Fuller to do that with I mean, that's ideal. I mean, it's that's what you exactly what you get the speed for is is that sort of thing. That's a real critical thing thing though that if Will Fuller's healthy, went out with a hamstring injury. Uh, O'Brien said after the game, well, he could have gone back in there. Apparently, who knows? But hamstring injuries, we've seen that. Will Fuller just seems to be injury prone throughout his career. He's got that electric speed. Uh, so you want to be able to have that weapon for Deshaun Watson too. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins already one of the top receivers in the game. Like what you said with Kiki Kute, uh, apparently today with his 11 receptions, uh, that's that's the most by a NFL wide receiver making his debut uh, since 1970. So I mean, already very impressive. And like you said, uh, Robbie, that definitely. Uh, this is what Bill O'Brien, when he came over from the New England, everybody thought, okay, who's going to be the West Wes Welker? Who's going to be the Julian Edelman in this offense? Who's going to be the slot receiver? And the Texans just have not had that for years. They finally get somebody out there, and it makes a huge difference. And, yeah, you've got to be able to keep these guys healthy. Will Fuller, Kiki Kute, because they add extra dimensions to the offense, and they give Deshaun Watson a lot, many more options. All right, I, I want to ask you guys a question about the defense because I'm, I'm still having some issues with it. Um, Um, But first, I want to remind everybody, if you're enjoying the show, tell your friends. Uh, Support us also by sharing our show links with your social media followers and take a few seconds to rate us on iTunes. We want you to be a part of the conversation. So email LockedOnTexans at Mail.com for questions or comments. We'd love to answer your questions or put your comments out there and discuss them. You don't want to. Just watch the Texans from home, kids. You you want to be at NRG Stadium. You want to be there in person, and Vivid Seats put you right there. They offer great prices, not just for NFL games, but all live events. All live events, and our listeners receive $20 off orders of $200 or more if you're a first-time customer. Just use our exclusive promo code LOCKEDON. That's LOCKEDON, all one word, all Vivid Seat 
All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. Go to vividseats.com or download the app and enter promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more for new customers. It's a great way to save money the next time you go to a game or a live event. And Vivid Seats wants to put you right there. They want to put you right in the game. All right, let's get into some defense a little bit, guys. And uh, I'm so frustrated with Romeo. It feels like we can go ahead and point fingers at the secondary a lot with the Texans, and that seems to be the way to go. But I don't know. I, I just feel like Romeo doesn't dial up some really good calls because it seems like there's just a lot of zone coverage and the Texans aren't good at it. You know, if you're going to be a zone coverage t- team a lot of the time, you need to be better at it. I mean, yeah, J. Joe was bad early in that first drive. Uh, he gets beat a couple of times in man coverage. He doesn't look good. But after that, he was okay. I just don't like the zone coverage. And I don't understand where is Duke edge for. Because the Texans need to sub out later in games. Because they're getting gassed in the fourth quarter. And the reason why they're getting gassed is... They're not subbing out as much as maybe they need to. J.J. Watt always looks like he's sucking air late in games. And this is a guy that's a workout warrior. There were situations where they just looked like they were out in the right spot. There was like a lapse in miscommunication, you know, a mislapse in communication, uh, if you will. Um, it was, you know, toward the end of the game where Tyron Matthew and Zach Cunningham were on coverage. Eric uh, Ebron was wide open uh, to catch the touchdown. And, you know, they were scurrying. They were like, okay, we're supposed to be over here. Where am I supposed to go? So that's the situation there, too. The two-point conversion, that's a perfect example. Aaron Colvin, Bernard, McKinney, McKinney feel, they felt like that they were out of place. So I don't know if the communication in terms of maybe this wasn't the play they were expecting to run. The Colts quickly made adjustments. They saw what Romeo was being able to, to run and quickly made those adjustments and went from there. I'm not sure what's happening there, but that's a good reason as to why uh, we gave up our leadership in the first place. You know, it, it was a battle of the coordinators there and uh, Romeo obviously lost it. Even though we won the game, uh, it obviously was Romeo could take an L as far as how he coached today. Yeah, the two-point conversion, I mean, RG, I mean, they, they they were in man coverage, and then they go to zone coming out at the end of the game, and I just don't get it because the Texans, like I said, they're not good in zone. They're not good close to the goal line in zone. I've watched this team forever and ever, and I don't care who the personnel is. I don't care who the coach is. Go to man coverage. I mean, Andrew Luck is one of the smartest quarterbacks in the NFL. We know that. Why are you? Why did you go from man to zone other than to say, oh, we're going to do something different coming out of a timeout? I think that was where they were trying to do something different there. I think you hit the nail on the head. They wanted to, they've been showing man, so let's switch to zone. But uh, first of all, just wanted to also say that Aaron Colvin is injured. There was a report uh, from Aaron Wilson after the game that he was on crutches. So that's uh, the Texans have already been having problems in the secondary. That was one of their big free agent signings coming over from Jacksonville. So, I mean, that's not good for uh, cornerback depth right now. You have to wonder, I mean, Kareem Jackson's over at safety. What does he do? Does he move back again and for in future weeks if he's had a long, prolonged injury? But being on crutches, it doesn't sound like, uh, you know, cornerback's going to be back anytime soon. That could be a significant injury. And just getting back to the overall defense, I mean, Romeo Cornell, we've seen that throughout his tenure with the Houston Texans. Uh, his and remember, his defenses seem to have problems or a lot of lapses early in the season. They get better as they go along. I mean, I guess that's uh, I mean, again, to me, the, the things that were positive, at least 
or, uh, you know, Jadamian Clanny finally have a breakout. We haven't even talked about his sack uh, that really kind of set up that third and long in, in overtime. Uh, but he also had the, the fumble recovery and just was all over the place. He was uh, really uh, had that energy that we haven't seen in a while from Jadamian Clowney, J.J. Watt again, the second consecutive game where he's looked like, you know, the old J.J. Watt. I know kind of ran out of the gas, as you said, at the end. But um, as far as like, you know, at least there's some things to build on there, hopefully. But with the secondary, that's a real concern because that's that's something that we've seen where they've always had these, you know, lapses in the secondary or, you know, switching between the man and the zone coverage and, and the miscommunication. It's been happening all season long. Does Romeo Cornell, does he improve upon that? His defenses have gotten better again as the season goes along. Just look back in history. So hopefully that's the case here. But if you start losing players, you start losing talent. And remember, they've also lost their linebackers, too, uh, that are that been out of the game. And uh, they lost to a, a Dylan Cole. Uh, then Bernard McKinney was injured, too. So, I mean, you had uh, he ended up playing coming back in. But it, it, again, it's always going to come down to attrition, who's able to go out there and play. And so that gets back to the scheming of the defensive coordinator. So we'll see in the weeks ahead. JJ was good early on in the game, especially. I mean, he had the two sacks and so was Clowney uh, until that you know, kind of disappeared for a while. Then you said late, late in the whole thing, he comes up with the sack. But they, they both get two but that sacks. That was key. That was key because it it, it sacks. It, it runs the clock right there. And you know, that was when they were saying, "Hey, Bill O'Brien, maybe he should call a timeout right there." And then he didn't. It, and the clock runs down. And then, of course, they pick up more yardage. Indianapolis. And then you have the fourth down call. And and the two, uh, you know, the Colts burning a two timeouts. And you think they're going to uh, end up punting the ball instead? They go for it. They don't get the fourth down. And then the Texans are able to go ahead and win the game but I mean it's just that that was a huge sack nobody's talking about to make it third and 21 in overtime uh and that was Jadavian Clowney so again he there were some big plays on defense today so that is at least something that's a positive um but like you said there are too many lapses too many wide open we've seen this it's been, happened throughout the, the season and so that get, needs to be be shored up my concern is more about like well what happens now with defensive personnel with these injuries because we've already been talking about the you know the Texans secondary having problems and uh, so where do they go from here another negative of uh, Jadavion Clowney is you know the penalties that he racked up he racked up about four uh you know offsides penalties uh, he forced a lot of negative yardage but the amount of yards that the Texans you know were penalized and almost negated you know what uh, yeah, as far as the yards that he was able to, you know, as far as negatively the yards that he was be he was able to create. So that that's the situation there. I don't know if it's a major thing because the Texas won the game, and I think overall uh, Clowney had a good game. But do you guys think it's a sign of rust, or is it just a situation where he may have just not known where he needed to be? Well, Jadavian Clowney, uh, if you listen to what he had to say this week, and we we haven't got to this, Brian, because. Uh, this happened later in the week, and we haven't talked to everybody since uh, that point, but he said something that sort of pointed a little bit of a finger to Bill O'Brien. Did you catch what he had to say at the end of the week? I did hear a little bit of it, and it was more talking about the reps. Yeah, he said there wasn't anything wrong with me, wasn't anything wrong with me, uh, reiterates that. He said, I was ready to go when I came back here, talking about playing in the preseason. That's how I was told to be ready to go the minute you walk in the door, and I was. So he says he was ready during training camp, during preseason, and it sounds like they didn't put him out there even though he wanted to play. And and that, that he's sort of blaming for some of the rust. Now, on the other hand, 
You look at Aaron Donald, who missed, uh, I think, what, all the preseason? And he looked pretty good when he came back and played. And still does. Yeah, yeah, Jared Goff. I mean, the Rams held out everybody. That's kind of their – people were kind of – but, you know, that's – I think most players in the NFL would say if if they could have the preseason to get their reps in, to have at least a few quarters, because we saw with Deshaun Watson, he just was not the player that we saw last season coming in the first game against the Patriots. He, just his accuracy, the rust right there, a much different player. And now you're seeing somebody too, like uh, Andrew Luck. We, I mean, we haven't even mentioned him really today. Uh, you know, a, another thing I want to mention about the defense is that remember there was that time, uh, you know, during a couple of drives where the Colts were having all these holding penalties. Again, that gets back to the Texans having the effectiveness up front with their pass rushers and the double team and, and having to watch out with the Colts offensive line protect Andrew Luck. But he was making some really excellent throws. I mean, that's what's almost kind of scary is that a- Andrew Luck, you know, he's had all these concerns. Uh, Injuries over uh, coming into the season, missed the last couple of seasons, essentially. And I mean, he was on target with so many of his throws. And I mean, he had an incredible game. He threw for 450 yards and uh, and he lost, you know. So, I mean, uh, that just tells you he was on fire. He was not missing. He was accurate. And and yet, you know, uh, the Texans were able to escape with a victory. So, I mean, he didn't make any mistakes to really kind of other than maybe that in the end zone, uh, if you could say that, not being able to fall on the ball when it was there when the Texans got the touchdown. But. Yeah, I mean, there, he he really had an excellent game, but he also, I mean, the the offensive line uh, of the of the Colts had a bunch of holding penalties. Right. Well, they had holding penalties because J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney were killing him early exactly. in the game. That was all they could do was hold the hold him in. It, it, it was uh, this was also in the second half too. They had a lot of holding penalties that were calling, and and yet all Andrew Luck was still able to drive the team and still able to do that. But it just goes to show you that when you have an effective Jadavian Clowney and J.J. Watt, when they're able to apply pressure, when they're able to have sacks, when they're able to strip the ball, get turnovers, it really plays wrecks havoc with uh, opposing offensive lines. By the way, when I'm talking about uh, the defense, I think everybody wants to blame everything on Bill O'Brien. A lot of the things that need to change, that's Romeo's deal. Romeo needs to do Look, Bill O'Brien's not keeping Duke Ejiofor off the field. Duke Ejiofor needs to play more. I mean, you know, you're, you're not getting anything going a lot of times in the fourth quarter. The teams are going up and down the field on the Texans in the fourth quarter all season long. So sub out. Get some fresh guys in there. I mean, OB does it on offense. He'll put in Alfred Blue a lot of times uh, in the fourth quarter, or, or, or he'll put in uh, some different receivers or whatever. I mean, but the, the thing is, you got to do that on the defense, too. And I think Romeo gets caught up. He's like Mike D'Antoni. He gets caught up just running the guys out there until they get so exhausted that you're like, we need some subs right now. You need to mix it up a little bit more often. Yeah, did you see uh, J.J. Watt just out on the sidelines, just just trying to catch his breath, you know, toward the end because he had been out there so long. So it definitely is an alarming uh, situation, you know, because you don't want to tire these guys out. They're going to be the key to your wins uh, until this offense gets, you know, perfectly. Well, not, I'm not going to say perfectly, but and to, to a point where, where we can trust them every game to go out there and try to help us win. And uh, quite honestly, you know, we did just enough to, to get it done because the defense um, yeah, definitely was something that uh, was less than a desire today. Hey, hey, guys, I have a, a question here for you because uh, Frank Reich and his press conference after the game here. I just want to get back to this again. And, and J.J. Watch actually uh, had a quote, too, about this. But Frank Reich said, I'm not playing to tie. I'll do that 10 times out of 10. That's just the way it's got to roll. 
So he basically is – he's doubling down on his decision there to go for it fourth down there and, and overtime. And J.J. Watt said, I respect their decision. Nobody wants to tie, take some guts. Yeah, take some guts, but um, Texas ended up being fortunate because of that. But, I mean, do you agree with that 10 times out of 10? OB would say, I'm not playing to tie either. I'm playing to li- – well, no, I'm playing to win, I guess. But I, it, it's just <laughs> – yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't understand it in that situation because – you know, I, I get it, but I, I think they're, they're, you know, the Colts are not going anywhere. I mean, come on. I mean, I, I get it, but I also feel like the Colts aren't going anywhere. But you know what? I mean, we always talk about these coward NFL coaches and why not go go for the win well that's just get that gets back to the Bill O'Brien thing then because you're saying with the you know with third and I mean fourth and ten there you know in overtime hey go for it but the Texans are supposed to the Texans were expected to do something this year they've got a lot of veterans the Colts are playing with a ton of young guys I mean that you know they are they do have a very young team there, there is a difference between these two teams but when you have Andrew Luck there when you have a franchise quarterback and he was as on as he's on today they played really close game and you just never know it's the NFL I mean you could they could end up winning this division I mean it's not a slam dunk I mean I know Jacksonville they beat the Jets today but and they're uh looking really good and of course Tennessee's been a surprise so far with they beaten the the Eagles here uh, I mean a, a no really time. kind of incredible game yeah so I mean uh but they I mean when they kind of just barely got by the, uh, the the Texans early on in in the season I mean they lost to Miami that the Titans did but they've been kind of on a roll under Mike Vrabel so I mean I think it's good this division is going to be a lot more competitive and uh you know it could be really I mean now that you're seeing that with these teams kind of I mean all the teams are really good I mean is there's not like a doormat there this year I don't even I don't think you can say that Indianapolis is going to be a doormat if Andrew Luck plays this way, way what he showed today I mean, this is going to be a tough team to face every single week. You know, you're not you're not facing the backup quarterback this year. You know, Mariota, the way he was able to lead Titans to a victory. I mean, that's a different team with the Titans and Mike Babel. He's kind of he's got a, a really good mentality. He's, uh, you know, of course, he's a defensive guru. So he's over there. He's kind of given the and, and, and Jacksonville was in the AFC championship last year and almost made the Super Bowl. And, and, and they've started off well. So you have to. I mean, this is a very tough division. So, I mean, it could be nine and seven or t- ten and six that wins a division. Oh, I think Jackson's pretty real. I mean, Jackson not only won today, they just crushed the Jets. They they went back to doing what they should be doing. Yeah, they they lost a close one to Tennessee. Tennessee seems to have their number, but they're three and one on the season. Uh, they took out the Patriots, which is we're going to look back at. I think the Patriots are back to be the they they took it to the Dolphins in, the, in this one. And I mean. You know, you look at what th- these teams are, and I mean, I think the Colts and the Texans are both fooling themselves. And I, you know, to say that the Texans are, are you saying the Texans are good or can be good? I don't know. Well, I mean, if look, look, look. Look, if they're able to win next week at home, it's a key game. The Dallas Cowboys came back. They they won on a last-second field goal today, so they're riding high with momentum. But the Texans have finally got their first win. Deshaun Watson back at home. At, at, I mean, this is a, a big, huge – I mean, it's the Dallas Cowboys. For a lot of people in Texas, I mean, this is – you know, as big as any divisional game or any game against any other opponent. I mean, this is the Dallas Cowboys. So, and, and they're coming in, coming on on a high. They only play in Reliant uh, or Energy Stadium once every eight years. So, this is a once in every eight year occasion where they actually come down to play in Houston. So, yeah, this is a huge game for them to be able to go out there and possibly, uh, you know, 
win and get to two and three and kind of set the ship right for the season. Texans should win the next two games if we go by what we think the Texans are. I mean, they should beat the Cowboys and they should beat the Bills. And the good news is your offense doesn't have to be that good and your defense doesn't have to be that good to beat those two teams. But, you know, once you get past that, a lot of these games that you thought, oh, that's going to be a little bit of a gimme and that's going to be a gimme. Well, I don't think there's so much gimmies anymore. I mean, but are there really gimmies in the NFL? I mean, we've seen that. I mean, it's hard to say, oh, they're gimmies. And uh, I mean, like you said, I mean, the Texans, you know, everybody thought, well, there's, you know, a favorite against the New York Giants. They end up losing. But coming up, I mean, Dallas Cowboys, you can't I mean the Dallas coming in again. That's kind of a heated rivalry for, you know, at least in the state of Texas, even though they only play once every four years. But uh, you know, that's a that's a key game. But if they can get to two and three and like you said, Buffalo coming in, I know Buffalo had that win. Josh Allen's their quarterback now and they destroyed the Vikings. But overall, they've been a bad team this year. Plus, you get them at home. So, yes, you should be three and three. And then once you get back to 500, it's just get back to 500, you know, start it starting over there. And I mean, there there are also some winnable games on the schedule. You just don't know how things can play out. You don't know what injuries will happen. So, but I do think it's important Obviously, it was big to get the win today because this uh, and, you know, the Texans had some luck today. I mean, let's face it, you, you know, to get back sometimes is to put your season on on the on the right path. You have to have some luck. They got the, the you know, they were down seven to nothing. And you were probably thinking everybody's thinking, oh, they're back up in any They're down seven to nothing. There's probably going to be another loss. They're going to be 0 and 4. I mean, I know how Texans fan thinks. All right. And then. All of a sudden they get that break and then they go up and then they get the 28 to 10 lead and then they go into overtime. But then Frank Reich makes that play call and the Texans, you know, instead of tying or even losing, they come out with a win. So this is great. So they finally get some luck. So now they can go to uh, not Andrew Luck, but this type of luck. And they go into next week with the Cowboys where they can really start to make some hay on their schedule. But like you said, the NFL, it's something that we, you know, you never know from week to week. So, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. But I, I mean, I think there's a lot more to be positive about. It started the show with that. I think that that's what we can see with the Texans in, uh, in, over the next few weeks. What I think about, uh, you know, Deshaun, I think they found the right level of pace for him. Um, it's just a situation with him. We, we would, you know, we would go to the no huddle and we would start to speed things up, but then he would start to, to create a lot of turnovers. So I'm wondering if they just talked about what's what's the right mix, what's the right pace for him uh, to be effective, because I, I'm seeing that it's working. They've they picked things up. They're a bit more aggressive on the play calling, but um, I, I think this new way of them doing things out on offense is certainly helping. I mean, we almost lost this game, but at least, you know, you saw, you know, a blip on the radar with this offense. After those two games, the next two games you're talking about, RG, they got the Jags on the road, then they face the Dolphins at home, but that game is four days after the Jags, so you could be beat up. Then they face the Broncos on the road, and then they get the Redskins on the road. I mean, there's some tough games, and then the Titans, and then the Browns. Well, was supposed one game, to be- it's one game at a time, but let's just see. It's one game at a time. I mean, again, you know, that's it, first you have to beat the Cowboys. That's all that matters. And then you get Buffalo at home, get back to 500. Then you can start maybe you don't want to. I mean, the NFL, it changes from week to week. We don't know what kind of injuries will be there. And you're talking about the Texans being beat up. What about Miami being beat up? That's a Thursday night game. Both of the teams are usually beat up. That's why it's usually – I mean, it's a rare exception where you had a great game with uh, Thursday Night Football with the Rams and the Vikings. Usually it's two beat up teams playing one another and one gets clobbered. But at least the Texans are at home that night. And, and uh, you know, the, the, I think the Dolphins came back a little bit to earth 
facing the uh, the Patriots. And I think everybody thinks the Patriots will end up winning that division. So Miami has some flaws, too. They aren't a perfect team. They started off, you know, they've got some nice victories to begin the season. But, you know, I mean, the Patriots kind of showed who's who's still the boss in that division. Yeah, you talk about injuries. The Texans have gotten the benefit of a lot of good injuries over the first few weeks, and they haven't been able to take advantage of it of it too much. I mean, you know, they've it seems like they've been playing everybody's 15th string tackles with Clowney and Watt going out there, and they still don't seem to be able to do much. Well, they did stuff, but it's still not enough, you know, and that – that's been the issues with the Texans is like, it seems like it doesn't matter who's injured on the other team. The Texans don't take advantage of it. The Texans, if somebody gets injured on their team, it's, you know, Katie bar the door. It's, it's all over with, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll talk more about it the next, next week and next time. Um, we got Jason Braddock, who's going to be with us regularly on Mondays. We're going to bring him in. He's scheduled to come in uh, tomorrow. So you're going to want to hear that. Uh, you can get more Texans content on LockedOnTexans.com, of course. Andy Rio, Calvin Crawford, Brandon Gimple, all doing some great work with our website. Look for Brian's work on Texans, Rockets, and Astros on HouseOfHouston.com. Listen to me and RG's takes on Houston Sports Talk, the podcast. Houston Sports Talk, all the same places you get this one. Uh, we'll be talking Astros this week. Uh, kind of a big deal. There's like a little thing called playoffs coming up on Friday. That's all we got for this one, though. Texans win a game 37 to 34 in overtime they finally get it done we'll talk to you again tomorrow you are locked on texans your daily houston texans podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day (laughs) 